On this episode of the 520 Collective Podcast, we're talking with producer and friend of the show, Poetics, and what are the gateways that could lead to deconstruction? We're diving into that as well. Let's go. Hey, yeah. Message heavy. Don't prompt, yo. They not ready. Race against the time like four wheels and hands ready. Keep it steady. Beat it hard and they barely give them ears and hear the truth when the light throw confetti. Yeah. Message heavy. Don't prompt, yo. They not ready. Race against the time like four wheels and hands ready. Keep it steady. Beat it hard and they barely give them ears and hear the truth when the light throw confetti. Just the flip of the watch. It's game time. Game time. Game time. time. Flip of the watch. It's game time. Game time. Just the flip of the watch. It's game time. Game time. Five twenty collective. Listen every day, or get robbed. I'm kidding. <laughs> What's good? Welcome to the Five Twenty Collective podcast, where music meets ministry and the indie artist takes center stage. This episode is being sponsored by the song Stewardship from the artist Abraham. It is a look into what Abraham has been able to accomplish by stewarding the resources God has given to him. It is an encouragement to all to aspire to live quietly, mind your own affairs, and work with your hands as we are instructed. Check out Stewardship now on digital music retailers. Guys, you know what's up. My name is Eric Boston. You can hit me on Twitter at EricBoston3. I'm joined by my dude, Zero for Hire. What's good, man? What's good? What's good, man? I'm going to have to check out that stewardship track. I like the way that sounds. It's just that description sounds good. Yeah, dude. No, it, it, it's a good track. It's out now again, Abraham. Definitely go check it out. If you've already listened to it, guys, uh, you know, hit us up on, uh, on Twitter and let us know what you think of the track. For sure, for sure. Shout out to Abraham for sponsoring this episode of the podcast and man zero dude i've also got another shout out uh that i want to send and that is to feed spot uh they recently released their best 20 christian hip-hop podcast of 2022 list and man they uh they placed us at number three on that list so uh big shout out to feed spot man for supporting yeah yeah okay 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 so that's what's up that's what I'm saying, man. That's what I'm saying. So, um, man, tell tell the people, dude, where they where they uh, follow you. I am on the zero hour podcast um, Trying out the locals, trying to gather the fans, and um, yeah, it should be fun. Yeah, dude, that's what's up. That's what's up. So again, guys, Twitter at Eric Boston three. Hit me up. Let me know what's good. Um, but you guys know we've been, we, you know, we, we, we kicked off a series on the last episode. Uh, we are diving into deconstruction. And so we actually, you know, the last episode we talked about, you know, why was it something that we should even be talking about in the first place? And we also created a definition that we're going to kind of be working from as we continue working through this discussion right so just as a reminder the kind of definition that we fell on zero was taking a part and examining the various aspects of one's faith and reassembling them with the intent of making those beliefs stronger in order to move forward so with that being said is that the definition that we decided or was that was that was you know we talked where we left off that's that was the one that we kind of agreed on i mean we talked about a bunch of different ways that other 
people had defined the de- deconstruction right and so we okay, kind of made okay. that um we want to you know we try to make that kind of all-encompassing you know how we're gonna go forward with this discussion and, and that was kind of where we settled so but i think you know now that we've got a definition and we talked about why we should you know even be having this conversation right uh i think the next place that we've got to go and what i would like to really discuss and dive in with you on this episode is what is the point i guess like i i call i want to call them gateways right like what are things that happen for a person that leads them down this road of deconstruction or, or we've seen it maybe even go a few different ways even but it, it's all similar right We're, you know we, we've seen different people do different things uh, and they may not call it deconstruction but i think we got some very similar stuff that's happening right and, and let's just throw an example out there you know one example is with former member of dc talk kevin max right like uh, oh, Kevin Max. <laughs> I knew you'd be excited about that one. Kevin Max. Yeah, Kevin. No, go ahead. I'm gonna I'm gonna hold my tongue until you Oh no, I'm I'm just saying Go ahead and tee it up. And well, I, I don't even want to die you know, I'm not trying to call out Kevin Max specifically, right? I just think when there's there's because there's a lot of people that's either connected to Christian hip hop or, or people in Christian hip hop at least know who they are, right? I think he would fall under that category of uh, someone that most of us know, right? And yep, yep, ex evangelical Kevin. Well, Max. and that right, and that's right there is it, right? He refers himself as an ex evangelical, which I I don't know, man. Like, what does that even mean? You know, <laughs> like for real, like, I, I I don't know. So you're asking what? Basically, like what has to happen to a yeah. person in order for them to get to the deconstruction yeah, phase I, of like, faith? I mean. You don't want to, like, kind of pigeonhole this, right? Like, you, you don't want to, like, say, well, you know, everyone that deconstructs, they're either going through X, Y, or Z. But the more you see of it, it seems like it's always related to X, Y, or Z, in my opinion, right? Like, yeah, um, yeah I'm, you got a lot of people who... I'm fine with pigeonholing it. It's, yeah, like, well, I mean, you got a lot of people... It's, it's one of those things you see, and it's like, oh, what happened to this guy? Yeah, well, it, you know, another popular term is church hurt. Right, and I feel like church hurt. That's <laughs> a, a good one. Yeah, yeah. Ch- church hurt is definitely, I feel tied into people deciding to deconstruct, right or wrong, and, and we can yeah. get into that a little bit more. Smug commentary aside, I think the major factor or the ma- major contributing factor that I see to somebody deciding to go down this path is disappointment, mm. and it's largely disappointment because of let's say like unrealistic expectations maybe not even unrealistic expectations but unwarranted i don't i don't know what the phrase is it's like they got their feelings hurt because they had expectations that weren't lined up with reality not that they weren't realistic for someone but it wasn't realistic for them you know yeah okay i know what i want to say but i want to hold off because i don't think we're, we're there yet let me ask you this before i, I get into that what are some other things that you have seen that you feel has led people down this path of deconstruction like that that i'm not thinking of right now obviously like i said we, we, we talked about um church hurt we, you talked about disappointment church hurt an introduction to apologetics uh but from the opposing side so there there are atheist apologetics or apologetic atheists or i don't know how you want to phrase it but like 
there are people on that side that are prepared to have this argument and a lot of Christians aren't. And so when like the bulk of your faith has been Bible camp your entire life, that's your diet. You, you go to off to college and then you run into these militant atheists who have arguments that you're just not prepared for and it blindsides you and it shatters your reality. And then they start deconstructing their faith. And obviously their faith can't be true because they've never been asked hard questions before. Um, I think another one is I hear a lot of people who go hard into the faith. I mean, they are blind zealots. You know, they are 120% their whole life. And then just like one day they wake up dissatisfied and they don't know why. I think that a lot of um, like hardcore dogmatic people kind of find themselves in this position and, and maybe it's a result of missing in that relationship with Christ. Like like they know a lot about God, but they don't really know God. Mm. And then the, the last thing I would think of is something that I've been, uh, I feel like I've been praying about and God's been talking to me about these last this last couple weeks is I I don't know how to explain it I spent a good what 10 15 years studying theology learning the Bible answering you know pursuing these hard questions and yeah a good about 10 10 11 years and so it's easy to get to a point to where you've you've done all the digging you think you're gonna do and you're like well I know now but then you forget that this walk with God is a daily thing and so you have 10 15 20 years of theological pursuit and then you think you can just coast on that and one day you wake up lacking and you don't know why it's because you're no longer pursuing god so those are my three top ideas or theories on the subject man and you know you talked or, or you said a lot of things there that you know definitely ties into to some of the notes that i had made last episode you know i brought up this article that i read through from uh from this guy Josh DeKaiser. And, and I want to reference that a little bit more here because, like I so said, you, you hit on things that are very much right in what he was saying as well. One thing that he's pointed out is a lot of people that go through this process or that find themselves heading towards this process, they have a hard time separating God from what people believe about God. Okay. Um, yeah. Like the way that God gets defined when it comes to like dogmas and doctrines and uh, these rules that are, you know, intertwined with morality. Right. Like this is. So what's an example of that from your perspective? Um, I would say something like that is when we say, you know, God is God is good and God is love. Right. And then people want to ask, OK, mm -hmm. well, if God's good and right and just, how does he allow innocent people to be killed right like that's yeah that's us trying to yeah tie what we understand about morals into and make it apply to god right and, and you it's like how could your christian parents get a divorce right yeah and that's not and, and, it, and it, it just no matter how much we try to force understanding to happen it's just not possible it, it's one of those things where okay if you really want to chase after god and you want to be a person that's after god's own heart it eventually you get to a point where he's you're going to be forced to simply believe just out of faith right you have to you have to have faith without seeing or understanding now some of us he may allow to understand him a little bit better you know i'm not saying that's not possible but at some point every believer is going to have 
things that they have to just take on faith alone. And so, yeah, you're talking about maybe the gradations of God, but we'll never fully understand God. And so when we, we so when we have this this view of God that is intertwined with how we understand or how we apply or, or when we try to apply human characteristics and human morals to him, right? I think, uh, you know, and again, this is something that he said, is that many people who do end up going down this road of deconstruction, that's why they end up simply letting go of God in the process. Because, you know, it said that, you know, once you see something, you can't unsee it. And so if that is your your view of God, if you don't have this view of, okay, I'm not going to understand, but God is omnipotent. If that's not your, your, your complete outlook and you're seeing these other things that do have flaws in them, it's hard to not see that at all. And if, and if it's yeah. hard to not see it, I'm, I'm, it's, I'm, e- it's easy to, to let it go and leave it behind because it doesn't line up with what you, with, with your expectations. I'm going to have a, I'm going to have fun with this because these, I'm throwing out some terms that I think people will find encouraging if they are struggling with this. It's um, what we're saying is that if your if your view of God is malnourished or uh, deficient, it, it may be because you have an anthropomorphic view of God. Anthropomorphic is ascribing human characteristics to non-human things. So God is not a man. And so when you perceive and treat and think of God as a man, you have an anthropomorphic view of God. And that's, you know, it's malnourished. It's not it's not good enough. It's not a good enough perspective. And, and I think you go back to, you know, a lot of people, you know, start from this place of hurt. Right. Or they start from. Let's see. What what, what did you say? They, they start from this place of disappointment. Even, you know, oh, even disappointment. if it's not hurt, it, it, yeah. know, disappointment where what that causes is this um, anomaly or at least an appearance of a not of an anomaly that to what they've always believed. And so yeah. if that, if yeah. that doesn't, so if it doesn't fit into this belief system that we have, right, it contradicts our tenets. It doesn't fit well, uh, just in like firm, the firmament of like certitudes, you know, that we were built on before this, it gets exposed. And the one problem is again, it's kind of the same thing, but once we see an anomaly, the anomaly doesn't go away the same it's way interesting you say that your perspective becomes exposed and that normally i mean yeah it puts you in a, in a vulnerable position but you only find that as dangerous if you have something to protect yeah well and i think because most it, people tend to be open to learning about things and well and our natural our natural reaction is to protect it right we we don't want to think of okay well, well maybe this is my problem you know, I, 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 I had mm-hmm. to be right. You know, I had to I have to know what I believe. Oh, but what I'm talking about is the emotional attachment that makes you feel vulnerable for that. Because there are things that you learn. Like I, I have a I had a friend borrow t- pick up my cell phone. He was putting in the Wi-Fi password. I did not know that on Android, you just hold the Wi-Fi icon down and it opens up that menu. I, all this time I've been going to the little the little gear n- icon. And then, you know, navigating my way to the Wi-Fi menu. He just opened it up by holding down the icon. I had no idea that was possible. And I guess in the way you could say he shattered my worldview on how my iPhone or my Android works. But it wasn't an emotional, vulnerable situation. You know, a lot of times people are more or less excited and interested when things like that happen. 
but when it becomes when it comes to, to your faith then it's like you get defensive and some maybe sometimes angry mm-hmm. yeah and that's why if if you're looking at what you believe and you're willing to tear that down to the studs right Let, let's say that the, the studs because you know hopefully that foundation you know doesn't have to be replaced altogether you know because if so then you're, you're talking about a massive issue but if, if we tear it down to the studs right and we're really looking at it the reasoning behind it has to go further than simply you're starting to question your faith right because if it's yeah, i've got it's, a question it's gotta be deep-seated at that point yeah if 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 i'm starting to question and doubt and my next step is okay let me chase because essentially a lot a lot of times we end up chasing that doubt right as if um it's the prize what do you mean by chasing the doubt i think sometimes so if it's an anomaly like we were talking about the reason an anomaly stands out to us is because it's something that we didn't think of before but obviously it must make sense to a certain extent and so if it makes some sort of sense instead of figuring out how do we maybe rebuke it a little bit it becomes us saying okay maybe that's my truth and we lose sight and we get distracted of it so so we chase this idea of let me I would go think this it... way and, and let me make this let me find a way for this to make sense to me instead of a way for me to prove to myself that i wasn't wrong to begin with i think that's a good yeah no i think that's a really good jumping off point because i think there should also we should also consider that there's an element of um i've already said anger but you feel that people have lied to you or that it, it there's this there's this element of like you have to redefine your past yeah based on the fact that you've been deceived or you feel like you've been deceived all this time you know it's like um i grew up as a pentecostal uh, a dispensational Pentecostal, and that's, uh, and on top of dispensational, a hyper charismatic dispensational Pentecostal. That was that was my church. That was whooping and hollering, and you know the Holy Ghost making people do crazy stuff. Now I go to a a Baptist Reformed church where things are much more calm, and even before then, to start to question my f- faith and look at my faith through an apologetic lens it actually caused direct confrontation with the things that i had been brought up in you know maybe the holy spirit doesn't make people bark like a dog maybe that's actually a bad thing that's that and i think it has to come with this element of confrontation that people are very uncomfortable with yeah and i think that's where we get into yeah we kind of talked about on the last episode is it possible for deconstruction to be considered a good thing for a lot of these the reasoning is is in such a way where i don't know you know it, it's definitely easy to have those reservations right that we were talking about last time where it's like i don't know if i can if i can say that it's good it's a good thing right however let's flip it or let's try to flip it around for a second here so we've talked about these different ways that or these different things we've seen right are these different reasonings we've heard from people on why they decided to deconstruct their faith how many times have we heard someone say i deconstructed my faith for the purpose of it being made stronger and so that's why it's like okay if you're starting from a place of hurt or disappointment or confusion right i think we can put confusion into this right because i mean what let's be honest what's one of the greatest tricks that that satan likes to use he likes to try to confuse people to make them doubt 
what they've always accepted as truth. If you got hurt, if you got disappointment, if you got confusion and you say, now's the time for me to peel back the layers and really look closely at why I believe what I believe. I don't know, man. That's you're, that, totally you're, 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 you're playing on dangerous ground right there. I think. That reminds me of the really sleazy guy at the party that's like, maybe you, like your girlfriend's mad at you and he's like, maybe you guys just need to see other people for a while. Like that doesn't work out and doesn't make the relationship better. Like he's not suggesting that because he has your best intentions in mind. Being in these vulnerable states can lead to a lot of different outcomes. Like we said, it may not always be labeled deconstruction but i think there's a lot of different paths people take that are very close to the deconstruction path right that's where you get some of these turns where you're like what what does that mean you know what what's a ex-vangelical help me make sense of that like are you are you even like what do you believe i can't tell from that term yeah what you believe and then that leads to a whole nother can of worms of where go ahead uh, well i'm just saying it leads to a whole other can of worms where you know who's interpreting it you know and, and what's your interpretation of the situation and when you especially whenever you have someone with a, a, any kind of level of celebrity status right now you got influence involved as well it sounds like it, or it sounds like it seems like it comes from also like these people that have a very narrow view of the wide variety of faith in the church you know like the reason I get along with Calvinists is because I can I can make fun of Calvinists because I know what they believe. And, you know, that's that's one of the fun things about me and my pastor is that, like, he knows my background so he can make fun of me based on that background. Like we're aware of the different varieties of faith within the Christian church where there seems like there are just some people who like they maybe they know that there is Cal like Catholics and Lutherans, but they don't know what they believe. So it's like it may as well be like india to them <laughs> yeah and so you got this person who's just like raised in arkansas his whole life and now he's mad at his parents and so he's like well the christian faith is wrong because i learned that you know what they taught me is different and it's like dude there's like so many so much variety in the church and it's all based on scripture and like some people are bound to be wrong but like, if you have no idea, it's mind Yeah, and that's where like, you know, I know I kind of, I, I gave you that story of my own experience, right? And and I think what you're saying, you know, definitely ties into that. You know, I could have easily tried to look at what I believed and why I'd grown up hearing and said, this must be wrong, you know, because, because I'm getting introduced to ideas I hadn't thought of before, right? I think there's there's a couple of ways yeah. I could have went. I could have went down that way, down that road, right? Which would have been down deconstruction, although we probably at that point wouldn't have used that term. Or I think you also have the option of saying, okay, maybe maybe it's not so much that it's wrong, but there's just more to it that I've got to see. Yeah, exactly. Like there's more to it than what we knew and what we were taught. And it's incumbent on us to, to learn and to seek out that knowledge. But it's like, like you talk about uh kevin max and uh there's another was it retin link you know you, you like these these people that are raising the evangelical church and then they get upset with it and it's like it's like they never heard of the other stuff mm -hmm. that the church has to offer it's almost like they they had the wrong color pants for their outfit 
and because their pants didn't match they would go well then i will just wear no pants and it's like dude there's other colors of pants just get pants that match does that make sense i don't know it's a weird yeah. analogy but yeah well <laughs> i mean and it's it's true you know but it's all about where is your heart at at that point you know because if your heart's l- looking for a way out yeah already if you've kind of come to that conclusion ahead of time you're just not to the point where you're will, willing or able to say it yet, then it makes sense to me how, how people end up walking that way. Yeah, and I think humility is a big part of it as well, or a lack of humility is a big part of this issue. Because if you don't know, but you want to know, you'll just ask people. All of that stuff like is too confusing for me. For for my mind, the way I've always approached it, it's the same as like having an open mind. You know, people are like, oh, you got to have an open mind. It's like, no, no, I don't. Actually, I only have an open mind to let in more truth. It's mm-hmm. r- literally the only reason I open my mind. You can say what you want. I'll listen to it. I'll, I'll examine it. I'll consider it. But I'm not going to open my mind and heart to anything you have to say unless it's true. And then I'll compare it to what I already know to be true, and I'll, I'll just hold on to the greater truth. I, I, I don't know if everybody is as defiant or a divergent as I am, but that just makes more sense to me. You know, like if somebody's just like, well, I've got this other cooler way of doing things. I'm like, oh, what do you got? And, you know, I but at the same time, I have to I'm anchored in in God and God's truth. But here's the interesting thing with that, though, Zero, is that I think at the heart of that, if you're talking about from my understanding to this point, and like I said, by the time we're done, you know, another couple episodes from now, by the time we're done with this, you know, maybe, maybe my outlook will be different. Maybe my understanding will be different, but right now my understanding of this idea of deconstruction, I think actually fits with what you were just saying. And the, and why I say that is because you said, if you're presented with truth, right, you're willing to add that to this truth you already have. Well, at some point in that process, I feel like you have to break things down a little bit in order to figure out how this new truth connects and fits in. Like there, maybe there's this extreme approach to faith or changing your life or however you want to, you know, maybe this extreme approach is fit for someone, you know, like, like you got the bathtub full and you get ready to drag that razor down your arm. You're like, you know, maybe, maybe instead of doing that, we'll we'll just completely reconstruct my life. I don't know either either you you're mad at people and, and god or you're not i don't know i don't know where you leave it at but the thing i know is or, or the thing that i feel in all of this is while i don't see myself hopefully ever doing something where it's going to be easy for me to walk away from what i believe i want to be i do want to be aware of and, and catch it early if i if i do start potentially drifting that way because I don't know. None of us know, right? I mean, think about Peter, right? Peter wasn't ever going to you know, be- betray Christ or, or deny him. He might he was probably the last guy that anyone assumed that that would happen. And yet it, it happened. So you can't ever say with complete certainty, I will never walk away from my faith. I, I don't intend to. I hope not to. But I feel like if there's a way where I can spot some of these potential and if someone has a better term throw it our way but i'm going with these potential gateways these potential easy things to move through that ultimately takes you away from it maybe i can at least get good at spotting that so that i can address it early on before i get too far 
to come back from it. So I want to I want to know what people think. Go to 520collective.com. Make sure you know go to the podcast post and hit the comments, man. What's your thoughts? Go to our Discord server and join in and have you know conversations right there. What are the things that we are not even thinking of that could be relevant to this discussion, you know? Because if we're leaving stuff out, is it ever ever truly full, fully um, discussed it? I don't, you know, that, that's a that's another question. But and dude, shout out to people listening to us in Canada as well. I forgot to do to mention that earlier. Uh, we actually. Yeah, yeah, we actually charted in Canada on Apple Podcasts. So, you know, thank you to everyone who's downloaded and subscribed and, and listened and all that stuff. Shout out to those guys. I love your maple syrup. It's fantastic. We do have an Industry Insider interview coming up. Our guy Poetics. Man, you know, he was actually our first guest on the 520 Collective Podcast. So it's pretty cool that he's come back around. That's going to be good. So stick around for that after the break. Yeah, guys, so stick around for the Industry Insider interview. Uh... Hit the comments, and we will be back here again next month, probably. We'll, we'll see what happens between now Love and you then. guys. <laughs> see ya. Yo, what's up? It's your boy Aaron Cole, and you're rocking with 520 Collective. Keep it locked. Artist, what is the key to getting your music to your target listener? Making sure that your catalog is available where people are listening. Trackstars is helping independent artists do just that with Nectar Distro. Sign up for Nectar today to have your music delivered for you to all the major digital streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple Music, Tidal, SoundCloud, YouTube, and much, much more. Go to 520collective.com slash Nectar, that's N-E-C-T-A-R now, to sign up and keep 100% of your royalties along with all of your music rights. With monthly payouts, comprehensive reports, especially tools like the single maximizer and account management services, along with a dedicated team that understands your needs as an artist, it really is hard to beat what Nectar Distro and Trackstars bring to the table. So hit up 520collective.com slash Nectar to get started now. Hey guys, I want to say thank you for listening to the 520 Collective Podcast. This month's Industry Insider interview is coming up in just a moment. Before we listen in, make sure to check out 520collective.com. It is the home for indie news and faith-based hip-hop. Follow us on social media, including Twitter and Instagram at 520 underscore co. Also, to get exclusive content, hit up our Audio Mac account where you'll find extended interviews, playlists, and more. Let's jump into this month's interview. Welcome to this month's Industry Insider Interview, brought to you officially by Bookkeeper247.com. What's up? Welcome to this Industry Insider Interview here on the 520 Collective Podcast. Big shout out to the Bookkeeper 24-7. Check them out at tbk247.com now, and they are sponsoring this interview. Um, You know what it is, guys. Daryl and the team doing a lot of things over there at the Bookkeeper 24-7 for the culture and for guys. So go and support them and and check out everything at tbk247.com. Joining me right now on the 520 Collective phone line uh it, it's my dude uh you know what it is producer extraordinaire <laughs> man, we're, we're, we're just gonna get into it man because they should know and if they don't know they better learn about it he's bringing the drums in what's up poetics what's up what's up what's up bro i'm always cracking up when people do intros and they're like 
super producer, producer extraordinaire. <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm just like, man. Man, <laughs> yeah, you know what's up, though. You know what's up, man. Like, um, <laughs> you, you've been working, man. And, and you can't deny you know what you've been able to accomplish you know you and i were talking about how you were actually on the very first episode of our podcast you know and, and we've always got love for you for supporting us you know right out the gate man um and, and to see what you've been able to do you know because that's three years ago now it, it, it's crazy and yeah and your growth in that time man because like you know at that point i mean you were busy and you were you know producing for a lot of the independent artists in the christian hip-hop space right but mm-hmm. and, and that's not to say that you're not still you know putting out records for those guys and, and stuff but but you have grown so much further man you've leveled up so much um you, you look at just your like latest project with canon right um yeah and, and so that right yeah. there speaks a lot man like what was that like yeah, it was it was cool because uh, it it was it was definitely a lot of stuff coming full circle because me and Cannon have been friends since before I was even producing. I was an intern at RMG a long time ago, and uh, and then I started producing, and he kind of took me under his wing, and then it for it to come full circle to where we weren't just like doing a song together it was an actual project and he let me like he he was involved but he let me kind of take uh liberties when it came to the sound of the project and what direction to go with stuff and it was cool it was it was uh we had a lot of goals for it and when it came to like the sound and direction we really wanted it to feel like a mixtape. <laughs> uh, so we did like a lot of little different chops and stuff like on uh, like the on the first song Bricks, we had Derek on there doing like a almost like a DJ drama style sample, like where we had him talking about RMG and stuff. And then we had like a DJ chopped up outro on loco and it was just kind of all over the place but still like cohesive um so yeah it was it was great and it was even more awesome because it wasn't with like some random guy it was like an actual friend of mine so right 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 it was a good experience that's what's up so like dude whenever you look back like like let's go back three years ago right when you were on the podcast first I mean, obviously, you had these relationships, you know, that was already there, right? But you weren't like working like you are now. Like whenever, like when you were looking ahead, I mean, is this what you pictured? Like, I mean, because when you're talking about Derek Miner and you're talking about Cannon and some of the other people that you've worked with, you're talking about top names, you know, in the Christian hip hop space. And I know you've branched out beyond Christian hip hop as well. But I mean, is is that what you envisioned, or or what did you think was? you know your your path was going to look like um i would say i pretty much like i did expect it to be more chh but as i got up i kind of learned how i don't want to say closed off but that's kind of how it is um like the kind of people at the top a lot of them are 
closed off. Like they're not looking for producers. They're not looking to collaborate with other people. So it's like, I kind of just naturally expanded and just kind of went a different direction. Um, because it's still like, I'm still tight with like a ton of people that I don't like, I haven't worked with, but like, even for example, like Marty, uh, responds to almost every story I post on Instagram. And, uh, like I'm, I'm tight with a lot of people, even if we, even if we will never work, it's just like, but yeah, it's, it's definitely like I, I would have envisioned three years ago that I would have been more like I'm, I'm involved in the CHH space, but I definitely wouldn't have foreseen that I would have expanded as much as I have in the other lanes, like the lo-fi lane. And, uh, even at the time, like I didn't even make boom bap beats back then. I only did trap. I remember telling people that I was like, don't ask me to make boom bap. I don't do that. <laughs> and then now it's that's like one of my main sounds. <laughs> that's what's up, man. That's what's up. Well, that's that's um, evolving, I guess we'll say. So, but, yeah, uh, yeah. And you talked about lo-fi. I want to hit on that. Uh, but before we move away from this, like for Christian hip hop, like who's still on your bucket list to work with? I mean, I, I'm assuming there's still a few names. You mentioned Marty. That would be an incredible collaboration because he's one of my favorites but who do you have on your list that you're like man i still want to make sure i work with these guys when it comes to christian hip-hop yeah yeah yeah. uh definitely marty um i feel like that'll happen eventually just because he's involved in the lo-fi space too and he he told me as soon as i have the the right song to send it his way but uh besides that uh, I mean, still Andy is up there. Still never worked with Andy. I've never even talked to Andy. He's, he's definitely up near the top of the list. Uh, I don't really know if there's anyone else. Tadashi. I've always liked Tadashi. But yeah, I, I, I don't really think about it too much. Just because I'm like, I definitely try to never force anything in the music industry just because once once you start forcing that's when you start getting the bad outcomes like i would never like if if you're trying to force a song with an artist that's usually when you get a song that doesn't turn out very well or it, it doesn't or it doesn't feel natural like you you get that you get that verse that they didn't really give their all and they weren't really feeling the song and you can you can kind of tell <laughs> when did you know that you had got to a point like was there something that you saw or, or that someone told you to kind of just expect where you know maybe that switch happens a little bit where it's like okay now i'm in a place where the financial part of it is important like like how how does an upcoming producer kind of know when they've hit that point yeah well the first i, I want to say it was like the first six months that i was making beats like the first three months i didn't send them anywhere like i was just trying to get better and then after that i didn't even sell beats i just hit up artists and would send them for free and i would tell them 
I don't want any money. I don't want anything else. I just want you to tag me on Instagram. And I just want you to drop a song on my beat. And I got a Jerry Mana placement that way. I got a Surf Gang placement that way. I got my first KJ placement that way. So it, it definitely, like if you're just upfront and you just say like, I don't expect anything, you can, they, they see that as, okay, this guy just really wants to work with me. So it, it I mean, yeah, there's definitely, there's just too many people that expect. I, I know people, producers that charge the same as me and not to sound rude but they have one tenth the following on Instagram and they don't have any released music on Spotify so they don't have any leverage that way where I can leverage with big artists hey you can put me as an artist on Spotify and have access to my 400k monthly listeners and I'll post it on Instagram to my 10,000 followers and so that that even helps leverage at my price. But I know artists that don't have any of that and they don't also don't have any placements, but they try to charge the same as me. And then they wonder why it's not working. <laughs> and it's just like, you, you have to kind of understand where you're at in the business. For sure, for sure. Well, and then, you know, something that goes along with that, you know, a conversation that I've seen is, do you have a set price or do you ask an artist, well, what's your budget? Like, like what's your opinion on, on that debate? Uh, I personally don't really care. Like when it comes to asking people their budget, what I generally say that works the best for me is I have like a flat fee that I'll give them. But then I'll also say, like, I'll say the price and then I'll say, but I'm flexible and can work with a budget. And I find that that personally works better because I'm giving them a general direction and basically saying, but I'll hook you up if if you, you're ready to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and I think that that approach also shows that you know, the financial side isn't the end all be all for you that you do, you know, you, you do this because there is love there. Right. Uh, yeah. To, to, yeah. You know, not make Back. it sappy or, or anything, but, but, you know, I mean, for some people, the, the bottom line, everything is just dollars, right? It, it doesn't matter. Um, and while I know that it's important for you because you're doing this full time now, right? I mean, you've been doing that for a minute. Uh, so you don't be, you don't get to where you're full time in music, for, for nothing right if, if you don't have some structure in place you know and you don't have that financial side you know figured out but you gotta i think when you let people know that you're approachable as well you know that that makes a huge difference not only for just you know drawing in new people but i mean it speaks a lot to your character which that goes a long way in this industry as well yeah definitely it's definitely uh yeah it's definitely character can take you a long way in the industry and if you're also on another note if you're doing bad business it's gonna get around 
like we we all know the artists that (laughs) people have paid for features and they took six months to get the feature or 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 not at all or (laughs) yeah it's if bad business whether that's as a producer or feature like it's just gonna handicap your career like word gets around fast you know you talked about how the last time you were on the show it was like nothing but trap beats and now you're doing all kinds of stuff and uh you're doing the boom bap uh, which you know I love. I mean that, that's my that's my happy place right there. Um, but you're also heavy in lo-fi beats now. Uh, what what took you down that path? So like uh, it was it was actually a while ago. I was on the road with uh, this country band called Rehab, um, okay. which one of my good friends from Christian hip hop is an artist named Jericho and uh, he is actually I th- I, he, I don't think he is in the band anymore but he was in the band so he took me on the road to like uh, help engineer some sessions with them on the road for making some new music and uh, also I was doing merch and a few other things so I was on the road with them and I was just listening to lo-fi music in my free time just to unwind and chill on the bus. And uh, I just loved it. And I got to the point where at the time I was working on a producer album and I was just getting so frustrated with artists because they all had these weird expectations that I was just getting tired of. Like I would, I would pay an artist for a feature or something, or they would hook me up with a feature, but then they didn't want to be on a song with this guy and, or like they would want to be on the song, but they would want a percentage of splits, but then another artist would hop the song and that artist didn't want a percentage of splits. And it would just get so confusing and people were weird about like, is this going to be put out as a single or is this going to be on the project? Cause I only want to do it if you're going to actually push it as a single. And it just got super weird and complicated. And I eventually just dropped it because I was like, I just, I don't even want to release with artists anymore. So I got to the point where I was just like, basically like, screw it. I'm just going to, try to release lo-fi beats and see how it does and i'll I'll just focus on selling beats to other artists in the meantime because i mean i wasn't doing i think i had like 20k monthly listeners which is good but it's like not crazy you know yeah yeah like 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 it's enough to be getting like a $30 $30 check from Mr. <laughs> <Okay>. Kid. <laughs> but, uh, so then I did that and, uh, I put out like some lo-fi stuff and I got some dope connections. Like nothing really blew up. Like I had a song that got like 200K at the time, but that was also for me working it really hard. Like I was building with a lot of YouTube channels at the time and, uh, SoundCloud pages and, DMing massive amounts of playlisters. Because um, one thing, I always encourage 
people to do is when you release a song, go on Spotify and then search that style of music in Spotify, then go to the playlist tab and just find every playlist you can that has an email to contact or an Instagram to contact and just hit them all up. That'll get you placements, like playlist placements, because there's a lot of independent curators that are looking for music and they also want to actually connect with artists. They don't want to just search for the music themselves. They, it's usually a fan of music. They're not usually other artists. Right, right. Um, I was just doing that for a long time. And then I kind of got back into releasing with people. And then from that, I started doing more like the boom bap stuff just because it made more sense. And I was really enjoying just making chiller music. And then what actually happened was, I'm trying to think of when it was. It was like July or August. I think it was August. I was releasing the lo-fi song Oblivion. I didn't have any time or money to put into any promotion or ads or anything. So I just released it and I had like a legit like God moment with it where I was like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna push anything. I'm just gonna let him take over and what happens happens. And then the song released and right at midnight when it released, it hit the two biggest lo-fi playlists uh, on Spotify. And it did like 40K first day or something. And it was just like, ever since then, I just kept releasing lo-fi beats and they all got editorials. So, yeah, it was definitely like a big moment for me um to where eventually i'm gonna get a tattoo of the, <laughs> of the, of the song <laughs> yeah man. but uh yeah it, it's 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 crazy and that's the thing man like the people who get to the places that you've gotten to so far in your career are the ones who are doing these things and not putting it out there you know, with, with a spotlight on it. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, like you said, humble, right. Just go about your business, walk the path that God sets you on and let him bless you for it. Right. For that obedience. So at, at, at the end of the day, I'm like, no matter what anyone will say in like my DMS or something, like I know that I'm living in my purpose. That's what, that's what I say is I'm like, I know, I know where I'm supposed to be. So a hundred percent, basically no one, no one can tell me any different. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Once again, guys on the phone line with me, it is poetics. Uh, man, I know, I know we're kind of getting up close time wise here. So I want to be respectful, but I want to make sure we talk about sync licensing for a minute. Uh, I know that's something that, you've gotten involved with you know correct me if i'm wrong but you know i know you're working with canon and with Derek minor on a lot of that stuff right um yeah 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 so just talk about that for a minute like how does sync come into play for producers like i mean that's a whole nother bag you can go after right yeah yeah it uh 
there's there's different websites. I mean, I can't think of the names off top, <clears throat> but you can just Google them. There's there's basically like sync libraries that you can sign up to be a part of, and uh, you can get your beats and music in there. Like I know one guy that uh, I was talking to recently. He's a producer. He doesn't have very many placements or anything like artist wise, but he's making bags off placements uh, in TV shows. So he's got. His, he's got his beats on the behind the ESPN uh, highlight reels, and uh, he had beats in Tosh.0 and uh, some of the compilations they do and stuff. So it's like it's it's a it's a whole nother lane. Yeah, it's definitely if if you're not in on it yet, just Google sync website and just find a way to get in two or three of those and uh you'll get stuff that looks crazy for your resume like because you, you can charge more if you got tv and movie placements right 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 well how did how did it come about for you like what what did that look like on getting poetics involved with it was that something that you started to look seeking out or did that come with kind of with, like with that connection with Derek and Cannon like like how did that yeah. all come about that was that was pretty much uh pretty much all Derek and Doc um because they that that's one thing I'll see, say for sure about Doc and Derek and Cannon and all of RMG is they look for opportunities for everybody like they want they really do want to see everybody around them win uh, it's literally the project whole team went in. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that that's huge is the connection with Derek and Doc and Cannon. Uh, that was that was all started because of them. Like for example, we had a Cannon and I's newest song we did together, Knocked Out, was uh, featured in a Logan Paul vlog. And then we had several songs shared by NFL teams and ESPN and all that stuff. And, uh, yeah, it's definitely something if you're not into it yet, definitely look in Google and find out how you can. Uh, I pers I personally don't really handle it myself, but gotcha so i can't i can't say much about it yeah yeah yeah, for sure but like so okay whenever you're going in and you know that hey what we're about to work on is meant for sync licensing right do you have to approach that different as a producer do you look at any different oh definitely so so what's different yeah it's 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 definitely it comes down to not what i like because i will say there's several beats i made for syncs that I can't stand the beats, but I know it's what they want. So it's like when I'm doing something for uh, a sync, uh, I'm trying to remember the name of the song. Uh, there was a song I did. I actually rapped on the song too, but it was me, Derek, and Cannon. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it was called Run, Run Baby, Run. It was a while ago, but uh, that was specifically for syncs. And I could not stand that beat. 
(laughs) (laughs) But I knew the beat would work because it had the synth-like line that sounded like it could be featured on NFL. And uh, yeah, so you definitely got to put aside what you like to... But I mean, that's true for music in general, too. Like, I don't I don't like country music, personally. But I work with country artists. And when I do that, I have to make beats that I don't necessarily like. <laughs> right, right. Because, I, because I'm working with them and I'm supporting their vision. So if you were throwing out a... a just kind of a best practice tip here for producers that are thinking about getting into sync like what's that best practice look like for you like as far as like the approach that they should be thinking about for making beats because i mean it sounds like there is you know kind of a couple of specific things that they're going to be looking for yeah um if you're trying to do like uh if you're trying to get into the sync game there's definitely like a level of working with synths and brass and all that to, if you're trying to get in like the sports lane but then there's also like the movie lane like working songs for those kind of placements so for example when I was working with Derek on some stuff it was all about like every song had to have like a scene so you had to be like okay this is the scene like this this type of song would fit the scene where the superhero in the movie has to choose between saving the girlfriend or saving the city. Or this is the scene where uh, the drug addict in the movie uh, is really hitting his rock bottom and has to drop everything and start over. So it's like, they're, like it can't just be like, you can't just make a song called 100 and make like just the generic trap thing. But there's there's also like, if you're trying to get syncs and you're in the CHH lane, like you have to make it relatable for someone outside of CHH too. Yeah. Um, because there's if, if it's going to make it in a movie, it can't be like... You, you can't call it like a uh, Job or something or like Jonah <laughs> <laughs> and, and the chorus can't be like I've been in the whale or something uh, because like it, it has to be able to hit the mainstream just as much and you can do that without setting aside your beliefs you know there you go. There you go. And where do people follow and support, man? Yeah, man. Uh, Prod by Poetics on everything. Hit me up. Uh, if you got a budget, come get a beat. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's up, man. That's what's up. And we're we're proud of you here at 520. You know that, man. You know that it's all love Thank and support you, over here. So we'll be you know, paying close attention, as always, to what's happening. Dude, Like, I- I'm so glad you're able to, you know, have some time to to come back onto the podcast and update on what's going on and give these tips for producers man there's a lot of there's a lot of young dudes that are coming up 
you know, production wise, I'm excited about, man. I, I think this is the kind of stuff they need to hear because you always get a lot of artist tips floating around. Uh, maybe not so much on the production side, and we need to try to fix that a little Facts. bit. So, yeah, man. Well, you know, you know the deal, man. You're welcome back anytime, anytime. Uh, but we'll, I'm sure we'll we'll be catching back up and at some point in the future and, and seeing what's going on but um thank thanks so much dude for just having the time to do this uh for, for this episode yeah sure. likewise thanks for having me bro a hundred percent a hundred percent guys make sure you go and you follow poetics like you said uh it is p-r-o-d poetics so produced by uh, prod prod oh, yeah, prod, prod by, by poetics p-r-o-d-b-y <laughs> poetics sorry i'm not i'm not the smartest man but i know some things you know what i'm saying um, yeah you, you're good bro <laughs> <laughs> so make sure you go and you hit that up across social media follow him you're gonna want to see what's happening from the homie poetics all throughout the year and years to come because there's big things on the horizon no doubt and again shout out to uh, the sponsor for this interview, the bookkeeper 24-7. Check him out, btk247.com, as well as the rest of our episode sponsors. And we will catch you guys on the next podcast. All right, we're so glad that you tuned in for this episode of the 520 Collective Podcast. In fact, we don't want it to end here. Make sure to join our server on Discord and be part of the growing community that's centered around faith-based hip-hop. Let us know your thoughts about the topics covered in this episode and tap into a variety of live events. Go to 520collective.com slash Discord now to join.